Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. It's the Sports Spectacular, and yes, as you just heard, it is powered by IlliniGuys.com, and we are the guys, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, Patrick Quinn over here on audio. Um, hey, big game Thursday night, and uh, listen, if you're not excited right now about being a Illini football fan, I'm going to quote Cedric the Entertainer, I don't know what to tell you. 31 nothing uh, Thursday night, we get to a lot of stuff coming up. We have a very special guest, John Makovic is on the show. We're going to talk with him in just a moment. He is standing by. Uh, but fellas, first off, um, uh, I think, you know, look, the Indiana game, the final two minutes is the one thing Brett Bielema would like to come back. Otherwise, uh, as perfect a start to the season as Brett Bielema uh, could have asked for. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, yes, they should be 4-0, but they're 3-1, and and even in the game they lost, they, they controlled the game. They dominated time of possession. They dominated from a yardage standpoint. So um, they have played three games at home now, though, and not given up a touchdown. There aren't many teams that can say that. This, uh, this defense is legit. Um, you know, they've given up a total of nine points in three games. If you give up three points a game, you have a good chance of winning, um, most of the time, unless you're Iowa. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, this has been um, – look – Coach Bielma came to town, and people knew what kind of toughness his teams have played with in the past, the type of defense that his team has played. And we've got a team that does all those things, and now all of a sudden they're showing a varied offense that we've really never seen out of, uh, at least when he was dominant at uh, Wisconsin. This is this is getting interesting for Illini fans. 31 nothing was a score. They beat Chattanooga. Yes, I know you're going to say, oh, they're an FCS team. But, you know, and, and look, they've never lost to an FCS team. Now 18-0 overall. But a series of firsts that even Brett Bielema mentioned in his, uh, his post-game news conference, and we're going to hear from a coach a bit later on in this hour, and uh, we'll play a little bit of that for you if you missed it. Um, a lot of firsts. Chase Brown, fifth straight game with 100 yards rushing. No Illini running back has ever done that. And in the second carry, he passed uh, the great Red Grange on the all-time rushing yards list. So what a night for Chase Brown, the junior out of Canada. Two wide receivers with 100-yard games, one running back, Brown, 100-yard game. That had never happened in the same game before. First shutout since September of 2015 and first undefeated non-conference slate since 2011. Um, look, it's, it is – I understand, Illini football fans, yeah, it's been tough. It's, it, is, it has been a long past decade. Um, but there's reason to, to feel good now. And I think what, what Coach B talks about and what the players talk about is nobody is satisfied with this. And what a change in attitude in just one year. Yeah, it's, it's different. They got a different field. And, then, I mean, and it's almost like um, they're, they're so methodical in their, in, in their preparation and, their, and, yeah, they get excited on the field. But you can just see that they're, they're in control. And I, the one thing I noticed tonight is how much they're – how much they're in the right spot. Um, there was like one or two plays where maybe they had an offensive lineman you know, make the wrong uh, block. But overall, they are just consistently look like a well-coached team. And that's all you can really ask for is that they look like they know what they're doing. The other thing I'll say about this defense, there might be six NFL guys on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's when you win when you got guys that can get to the next level. And you have guys that can get to the next level, and they're they're effectively coached, which I think we're seeing. You know, nobody's a good coach if you don't have talent, and if you have great amount of talent, you need to you need to have somebody show you how to use it. And that defense has been amazing. You know, um, gosh, I, I I I don't know when the last time a defense has been this impressive for. Illinois. It's been a long time. Well, you've got a lot of players that are already, as we are just 16 games into the, the Brett Bielema era, that are already um, uh, household names. I mean, Seth Coleman, Keith Randolph, outstanding. Uh, the freshman, Gabe Aukas. Wow. I mean, this kid, you know, how <laughs> he's going to wind up being a major recruiting coup uh, for this, this, this program before he is said and done. I mean, if you look at him just physically, he looks like one of those, you know, rush linebackers you see dominate the SEC and go on to the first round and, and have a 10-year NFL career. And he's a freshman. He's just he's still just scratching the surface on that. And you get the defensive backs. That was a question mark with you know the guys who graduated and moved on. Um, you know, big plays. Uh one stat I saw after the game on BTN, uh, Illinois four games in, at least two takeaways in all four games. Uh Brad, to your point, I mean, it, this is um, and both you guys made, talked about this. When you when you play defense, you have a chance to win games, and and we don't know where this team's going to go. I predict they they pull off at least one upset on the road this year, like they did last year. That's my prediction. I agree with that. Uh, this is a team that, with their defense, they're going to have a chance to stay in games. If you can stay in the game and have a chance to win at the end. That's really all you can ask for, especially on the road. And you know whether it's home road, they have a chance. Maybe not Michigan, but every other game, you feel like they can hang around and have a chance to win at the end. And, and that's all you can ask. Yeah, and this defense has surpassed people's expectations, as has the offense. So right now, I would speculate that the gap between the Iowa defense, which is very good, and the Illinois offense, which is surprisingly good, is much closer than the gap between the Illini defense that is really good and the Iowa offense that's putrid. So all of a sudden, games that we thought were off, you know, maybe out of the reach are there. And, of course, you've got Coach B there to keep the players focused on the game in front of them. It could be a really fun season to watch unfold. So, once again, Illinois, 31-0 winners over Chattanooga. They go to 3-1 and of the season. And how about Brett Bielema? 8-8 eight and eight in his first 16 games as the Illini coach. He's the first Illinois football coach to be 500 or better in his first 16 games on campus since John Makovic back in 1988 and 89. Guess who is waiting, standing by to talk to all of us after the commercial break? It is John Makovic. We will hear from Coach Bielema later. We will talk with Matt Stevens later. But up next, it is the coach, John Makovic. We'll find out what he is up to and uh, get his take on this Illinois team. He still follows the Illini still considers himself an Illini. We will talk with him. You're enjoying the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. We're back with more after this. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. 
Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. This segment presented by Busey Bank, and we are thrilled to have our next guest on the line. You know, I haven't kept an official tally, but my guess is... Of all the former Illini players and coaches, we have referred to him more than any other because his departure, as we look back, was really a watershed moment for the Illinois football program. So many times we have said, this is the first time Illinois has done X since John Makovic was coach. He joins Mike White and legendary Bob Zupke as the only Illini head coaches in the last century to put together four straight winning seasons. Coach John Makovic, welcome to the Sports Spectacular Powered by IlliniGuys.com. Great to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's always good to talk to the Illini. That's right. <laughs> and we love, we love talking to you. I've got to ask first off, uh, did, did I read that you have coached recently in, in Italy? Where are you now and what are, what are you doing now? Well, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada now. Uh, I lived 20 years in California, but I moved over here like a lot of Californians. <laughs> but I did, uh, I did get approached by uh, some people in Italy to coach their national team because I had been over there doing some clinics and I agreed to do it. So I did it for a year. But what they really needed after a year, they, they were not very well organized. And I put together a package of really a, an annual calendar for them so they could work with their players, find their players. I did there were players that some guys were 40 years old, but they needed to be replaced. They were, they were, they were not Brady old, but (laughs) they were a little older. And so I put together a package for them. And then the, the gentleman who was my offensive coordinator, whom I felt should have been the head coach, uh, we turned it over to him and he's moved on from there and they've done quite well in the last couple of years. I've been real pleased to follow them. Yeah. Well, we've had about 30 years where we've wanted you to put together a package for the university of (laughs) Illinois football team. So um, if you could, you know, now that we, maybe we've got the right guy here, but um, we've been uh, wanting that for a while. I guess my question for you is what makes Illinois, uh, what's been the problem? Why has it been so difficult for Illinois to be good in football. I mean, when you were there, obviously you're coming off the eighties and you take over uh, and it's successful, but what, what has been the problem for Illinois over the past uh, 30 years of football? Yeah. I I don't know if I would look at everything like it's a problem. Uh, It's a challenge. That's for sure. A couple of things fell right into my uh, lap when I came to Champaign. Number one was a guy named Lou Tepper was looking for a new a new challenge. And I was told by a mutual friend, call Lou and see if he would be interested in coming as defensive coordinator. And I did. 
And that was singly the best thing that happened to me when I was there. Lou is an outstanding. He's more than that. He was a great fit for me. We we understood each other. I didn't butt into what he was doing. He told me what he was doing. He could shadow everything. He could be tough when he had to be tough, but he was so smart. And he coached defense a little differently from a lot of other people at that time. And I let him go and do it. And we got along just great. And I brought a, a different look to Illinois at that time too. The Big Ten was really a run-oriented conference, and I brought a, a forward passing game and something that I believed in and had worked on for, you know, making better and better as I went along, and it just fit in. And then there, I, I forget, they, they had this quarterback kid there, and he turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, Not bad. Uh, well, and Jeff George, hey, by the way, I am so proud. He's going into the Illinois Sports Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I I sent I called him and left the message. He returned the call. What a great player he was for us. And uh, we had some very interesting stories as well. Well, you know, I don't want to embarrass myself, but I thought about trying to stop you from going to Texas when you left because we we knew what we had with a, an excellent coach. Um, when it came to to you know transitioning, when you when you you were doing both the AD role and the head coaching role, how did you balance those two things? Because to me, there's so few people who would even consider doing that, let alone being successful at it. What was what was the key to doing that? Well, again, things just happened to fall right into place for me. Uh, Carol Cars was there, and Carol took care of the women's sports wonderfully, but she was a great team player. She was a first-class team player, and that made that part of it easy. Uh, Dana Brenner was in position, and he handled the finances. And Dana was real bright. And then we hired, or I did, I guess, uh, Bob Todd, who had been at the university, but had been very good friends with a lot of the people in the athletic department and understood it. And re I reached out to him to see if he would be interested in coming over and sort of be the uh, chief of staff or, uh, you know, the top assistant. And he said, gee, I'd love to do that. And Bob, between Bob and Carol and Dana, uh, they made my life so much easier because they understood what I wanted and what I believed in, and they carried it out. And if there was a problem ever, they never hesitated. I said, come and see me, come. We'll talk about that. But they handled so many minuscule things that a lot of it was taken care of, and I didn't have to worry about it. Well, when I talk to the coaches, now that was one thing that I always felt compelled to have a direct relationship with the coaches, because I was a coach myself. And I always told the coaches two things. Number one, don't cheat. If you cheat, you won't stay. Uh, I, and there's no exception to that. 
And number two, don't spend your money twice. Meaning if we give you the money and you decide you'd like to spend more on recruiting than on uniforms, okay, but don't spend it and then tell me you need new uniforms because we're not getting new uniforms. You're going to have to live with what you have. So you can't spend your money twice. Uh, and as we went into it, you know, we were about $2 million in debt. And the Chancellor Mort Weir said, now, really, the most important thing I want you to pay attention to is getting getting rid of this uh, $2,000, $2 million debt. And I said, okay. So we sat down and I asked Dana and Bob and Carol, what what's an average attendance at our games? And they echoed, all of them said, about 54,000 people. We, we can average about 54,000 people right now. I said, okay, we'll set our budget up for that. And I said, make our budget out so we can live on 54,000. And we did that. And with the help of the university, who did forgive uh, a few of our debts as well, we balanced that budget in really about two years. Wow. And we also had a lot more people in the stands too, and that helped. So we, we made some money and we saved some money. <laughs> Talking with uh, the great John Makovic, former coach of the Illini for, uh, for four seasons uh, in the late 80s and, and early 90s here on this uh, segment presented by Busey Bank. Uh, Coach, you mentioned uh, some guy that I think he wore number one. He was a kid from Indianapolis, pretty good player. Uh, Jeff George went on to be the number one uh, pick of the NFL draft um, in in 91. Um, And he, I believe, had already transferred over from Purdue by Mike White. And then when you got there, you had the good fortune to have him there. What was very interesting um, was, you know, there was the rule back then, and I'm not sure uh, now that that if you transferred, you I think you could only you had if, if you if you took a scholarship, you had to sit out two years, and so as a result, he wound up paying his own way, uh, so he could only sit out one year. Am I do I have that correct? I don't know exactly. Okay, if that's it's, correct. I know he only had to sit out one year. Yeah, it's been a, it's, and, the and that's pretty, yeah. yeah, that's the way it was pretty much everywhere around the country. Yeah, and I, and, I, and it, the rules may have changed now, but my, my point is is that it's it's interesting. Something you wrote recently about quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Right now, there are so many major programs all over the country that have player quarterbacks they got out of the portal, including Illinois with Tommy DeVito, though he's a, a grad student. Um, talk about just the the game today and how the transfer portal has changed things, um, where you can have a player like Spencer Rattler who begins last season as a Heisman candidate loses a starting job. And then not only does he leave Oklahoma, but the guy who replaced him also leaves. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Well, what's crazy is how many quarterbacks left USC. Right. <laughs> there, are, there are three or four of them <laughs> playing around everywhere. Yeah. The transfer portal is it's free agency, but it's free agency in the sense uh, even more free than the NFL. Uh, in the NFL, they have restricted free agency and they have things like that. But in college football, you just put your name or college athletics, all of it, just put your name in the portal. And that then that list can be brought up by anybody else. And 
they can go ahead and start recruiting you. And that coupled with the NIL, the name, image, and likeness uh, resolution has made college athletics, I hate to say professional, but they're about as professional as they can be. And that's really what it's boiled down to. And some people have made different comments about other teams and coaches and what they've done to help get the players to their campus. Once they get into the portal, then they start talking about the NIL and the coach, of course, the coaches on defense are saying, no, we, we've never bought anybody. We've never done anything. But how, how can you not pay attention when you ask a coach, well, does anybody on your team have a, a, a program NIL agreement? And they say, well, yeah, well, this guy's making $500,000 and this guy over here is making 250000 Our whole offensive line eats for free you know, at two different restaurants every week besides getting money to sign autographs. And you begin to think, well, now, wait a minute. I, that wasn't really what we were talking about several years ago. But everyone, everyone defends the fact that the athletes should be getting something. And I'm old school. And I know that over the years, the NCAA, working through its members, uh, has worked hard to upgrade the benefits to student athletes. And it has not been able to keep up with the, the charge of let's get money, let's put money, cash, in their pockets. And it's a little disconcerting to some of us, me in particular, but I'm living with it. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, Mike and I would like to get the free food. We, we've said that many times that that's all yes. we need. And we'd be, we'd be sad if we got the free, free, free buffets or something like that would be good to go. But as you look at the, the, you know, we go through this new era of college football and you've got a guy who at Illinois now and Brett Bielema, who he won, he was very successful previously is obviously at Wisconsin, but it's almost like he was successful in a different era at Wisconsin because of how much the game has changed in the past 10 years with the NIL transfer portal and things like that. Um, what are your thoughts so far on what he's done uh, at Illinois? The best thing that Brent, Brett, not Brent, Brett, Bielema did for his football program, is this his third year? Second year. Second year. Okay. I lost track of it. In his first year, and I can't remember what game it was, they ran the ball every single down. Oh, well, it seems like it. Over and over and over. And they were behind. And then they pounded and they pounded and they pounded. And guess what? They actually won that game. And I can't remember which one it was. And I said to many of my friends, he encouraged more recruits to come to Illinois with that game plan than probably anything he did. And I said, well, well why? I said, because he established that Illinois football was going to be rugged and rock'em, sock'em, tough, 
football. And I've always said, you cannot make it too tough on the kids at Illinois. The kids that come to Illinois, they are not spoon fed. They're hard, tough football players. And you can hit them and challenge them and just do anything. They will play in the toughest of games. And that's what he did. And I think it's beginning to pay off. I don't know Brett myself. I remember when he was at Wisconsin as an assistant and then as the head coach, and then he went to Arkansas. And well, you know, sometimes you're the best of coaches and it just isn't the right situation. For me, Illinois was exactly what I needed and what I could do. I've been at a couple places that it wasn't so good. Talking with former Illini football coach John Makovic. Coach, hang with us for a moment. A quick commercial and then back with more. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Welcome back, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, along with the coach, John Makovic, former Illini football coach and athletic director during his time in Champaign. Uh, Mike, I think you had a question before we stepped away. One, one question I wanted to ask you is, is we have all this expansion and contra, conferences realigning, and a lot of people don't realize it, but when you were at Texas, you guys switched from the Southwest Conference over into the Big 12. Correct. What the heck is that like for these coaches who are going to be facing this change? And did you, how did you deal with it? And what were your thoughts? We just changed the schedule. <laughs> That's all you can do. You just say, well, let's change the schedule. I was, I was at Illinois when Penn State came in to the Big Ten. Yep. And we went to a, a director's meeting in Chicago and Jim Delaney, who was the commissioner at that time, said, I can tell you something today that I could not have told you several weeks ago, and that is Penn State is going to join the Big Ten Conference. Well, almost all of the athletic directors were really incensed because Jim had not come and told us first. And he said, Gentlemen, I work for the presidents, and the presidents told me not to disclose this to anyone, and I didn't. Hmm. And that's what kind of guy Jim Delaney was. I had, uh, thought the world of him. So we started talking about everything, and, well, when are they going to join the conference? And someone said, oh, gee, it's going to be four or five years. You know, we have schedules here, and we have contracts there. And... One particular director of athletics said, wait a minute, they got to be in here within two years. You can't be waiting, waiting four and five years. Change the schedules if you have to, but we need to get this thing done within two years. And I'll let, and we did. 
and I'll let you ask Jim Delaney who that was. <laughs> well, I have an inkling. <laughs> when you talk about expansion, what are your thoughts on uh, having USC, UCLA, these West Coast teams? Maybe it's just a schedule change, change but is that a is that going to be uh, the travel and and the this going cross country? And maybe it's not as big a deal in football, but from your athletic director experience, you, I mean, maybe in basketball and, and the minor sports, is that going to be much more difficult for these teams? Certainly the budgets are going to change. The travel budgets, that's really the big change. How much money you're going to spend with your teams to travel. And again, the women's sports, because of Title IX, travel just like the men. So if the men's basketball team goes out to play Gonzaga, on the West Coast, the women's basketball team will head to the West Coast as well to play a game. So that's the biggest issue. Uniforms, practice, those things will stay pretty much the same. But travel budgets are going to change significantly. I offered up my plan for a change in college football about a decade ago, maybe even longer than that. And I would have had eight conferences of eight to 10 teams each. And you would have a conference championship in each conference. And those winners then would go into the subsequent playoff. This was even before the playoffs. I believe we'll get to that very soon. Uh, I believe that the team, UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten is not something that everybody will be excited about forever. I think that we'll, we'll probably call some of the programs that can't keep up and reduce the number of teams in what you would call the power five. It's probably going to wind up being a power eight. And it would not surprise me to see the Big Ten members moving to a different conference themselves to balance the, well, the framework and just the ability to travel a little closer and make things a little easier to get along. The money, you know, money is evil, we say. <laughs> money in itself isn't evil, but what we do with it <laughs> made it's made things so easy. I was back at Illinois two years ago for a football game. It was uh, Brett's first year and Wisconsin was undefeated. And I was there and I went into the press box. I was amazed. I said, wow, NFL teams don't have stadium press boxes like this look at these luxury suites there was food there was drink there was i mean it was a, i said gee i'd love to be in a place like this this is wonderful well without money you can't do that but the big tens cut of their television money in all sports is very generous as i think you fellas know yeah, if, if somebody could just get to Purdue so we get a little better sandwiches before the game's over there in basketball, goodness <laughs> gracious. But anyway, I, I have one last question for you, Coach. And, yes. and you you cannot 
you cannot overestimate the number of times that an Illini football fan says, well, you know, we haven't been that good since Coach McAvick was here. We haven't had a coach who can coach both sides of the ball since Coach McAvick was here. Have you ever one time, I know we can't go back in time, but have you ever one time thought, wonder what would have happened if I would have stayed at Illinois? Because Lord knows a lot of a lot of Illini fans have mulled that for hours <laughs> upon hours. <laughs> well, tell them to spend their time thinking about Brett Bielema. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, ne- I never have looked back. Things didn't go as well right away when I made the move. And obviously it ended uh, with a crash. And... I don't know. I, it, it was something that I felt at that time was appropriate for me. But I know this. I could have stayed at Illinois and been just as happy as I ever was anywhere, as long as Lou Tepper stayed, because yep. he could coach that defense. And uh, we we were recruiting. We were getting good players. We were getting people in the stands, the fans enjoyed our game, and we threw it a lot. We, we, you know, I, I like passing the football. I always have. And I was thinking this afternoon, maybe I should have run the ball a little more. <laughs> nah, forget it. No. I, I like that. Uh, ever, I don't know how long it's been uh, that I just felt this it's the it's the greatest equalizer in football the forward pass yeah. think about it but it, it's the greatest equalizer there is so if you're playing as an underdog a lot uh, the, the chances of you're beating down the favorite all the time uh, those chances are not very good so throwing passing having an innovative attack that air raid that they all talk about and I will say this, okay, maybe I shouldn't, but I'll say it. I read this week how great USC is doing with his wonderful new coach and his wonderful new air raid and how everything they're doing. Lincoln Riley is a terrific coach. He also brought in, what, 32 players this year, something like that, from all over the country. What uh, one game they showed a map of where the players came from. They came from everywhere in the country, yeah. and the air raid was not invented necessarily by him. And I, I'm not, I'm not. What's the right word? I'd like to always get the right word. I'm not disregarding how well he has done and how well he will do, but the way the players can move today mm-hmm. allows some teams to load up pretty fast and uh, USC. I mean, what the heck? It's a pretty nice place out there and they have great facilities. They have everything they need and they, they made full use of the portal. No question about that. This is true. You know, one of my favorite uh, games during your tenure was early in your last year when Houston came to town and David Klingler, and I think the final was like 51 to seven. It was just a, I think that was it. 
You like that game. I love that game. Yeah, don't you? Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> I love that game. Just, you know what happened? <laughs> they had their spring game. And this big newspaper story came out about David Klingler had thrown for like three miles yeah. or something. I forget what crazy number. And I took that newspaper article, I cut it out and I put it in the locker room. We're going to have to play this guy. I was I I was not confident in the sense that we're going to blow him away. But I told the team during the week, I said, see this play right here? Can you play make that play that well? Well, yeah. Well, if you made it once, can you not make it twice? And they said, well, yeah, I guess so. I said, well, and if you can make it two times, could you not make it three? <laughs> and they said, okay, what, what are you talking about? I said, what I'm talking about is you take it one play at a time, you beat them one play at a time, and we're going to beat them and we'll win. And little did I ever guess that you were right on the score. 51 to 7. Yeah. And an afternoon game. It's more fun. Yeah. I believe uh, ABC National game too. I mean, it just was, yeah. it was fun. Uh, Coach, uh, I boy, I hate to be the uh, bearer of bad news. The guys looking at me, give me dirty looks, but we are out of time, unfortunately. John Makovic, it has been a thrill to have you on the show. Please come back and, and chat with us again. I will. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you guys. I'm going to call Purdue and have them send over those special sandwiches. <laughs> and, and so when you get a break, you can have them. Okay. There you go. That's Kegley. Wow. C-A-G-L-E-Y. Coach, thanks so much. The coach, yeah, Tom. Anytime. Anytime, uh, please. Great to talk uh, with you here. I love the line. I always will. And, and the Illini loves you back. Uh, we can yes. tell you, Mike's right that there's not a conversation that, that's had that your name doesn't come up at some point. He is the coach, Sean McAvick. By the, by the way, the only Illinois coach to ever be on the sidelines for bowl games in three consecutive seasons. Remember those days yeah. uh, when it, it wasn't if you'd go to a bowl, but which one? Uh, they're coming back. And Brett, we trust. We believe that. And even coach uh, agrees with us on that. Great to yep. talk with Coach on this segment uh, presented by Busey Bank. We'll hear from Brett Bielema and his post-game remarks is still on the way. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868 proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini member FDIC planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business whether it's a leaky roof windows or door worn out siding or paint outdated kitchen bathroom or basement look no further than HX home solutions your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out trusted by Chicagoland since 1950 find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau call today 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. Right back here on the show as we continue talking about the uh, Illinois big win. 31 nothing is a... Uh, beat Chattanooga, the ninth-ranked team in the lower FCS division. But this is a team, again, that um, played really well. I saw him play at 
Kentucky last year and uh, only a pick six by UK kept them from getting upset. And Kentucky's got a pretty good thing going down there in Lexington. So, uh, but 31, nothing right now, Brett Bielema talking about his team's performance uh, as they are now three and one on the season. Let's play a bit of that. And we'll talk more afterwards. Just, just couldn't say enough about our guys during the bye week and, and uh, the preparation to get ready for UT Chattanooga. I know obviously the, the score, uh, indicates, uh, you know, we shut them out on defense, put up some points on offense, but I just, I, I really respected that team, uh, the way they ran the ball. I think they're, you know, they're three and zero. I don't care what level you're at, they know how to win games. So I think our guys locked into it. Definitely some things we got to correct. I would have liked to get some points before the end of the first half. I didn't like the way we started the second half, uh, but we got a lot of guys more valuable experience today, especially some of the backups, got some new faces in on defense, uh, Jared Beatty and a couple other guys. So excited where we are, um, disappointed that we're not at this venture, uh, we got three wins. Obviously, would love to have four, but we, uh, uh, I think we've learned a lot about our team in these first four games. And now we'll uh, uh, take a nice nine-day preparation into the Wisconsin game. Um, you know, I thought overall, uh, um, you know, our, our guys uh, played pretty clean today. There was a big point of emphasis during the bye week. Um, still, some things we got to improve. Obviously, Pat got that one call back by a holding call, so we got to eradicate that. But our guys played a lot better uh, execution and. and um, um, Really, for four quarters, I thought played a pretty complete game. So we'll uh, take it from there. Open up for questions. Yeah, we got a, a tremendous, uh, I think, group of players on defense that uh, play with a lot of confidence. Um, I think they have a lot of faith in their coaches. I, I, I couldn't be happier with. Uh, Ryan, Aaron, JMO, um, Andy, and Kevin. I thought those guys uh, each week just kind of continue to find ways to motivate the guys, give them advantage. I think they'll get stronger as the year goes on because they're, we have intelligent players on defense that that understand the advantage of film and and uh, tells and, and things that give them some advantages before the snap. I, I, I heard our guys talking uh, two days ago, uh, which would be the equivalent of like a Thursday practice on just things that were. Uh, being alerted before the snap, and that's that's just something that's continued to grow. We have a group that's very, very engaged, and um, you know now some younger players continue to play well, and that gives us depth. I know you got a first string defense at the end of the Virginia game. Asked back in, then keep that touchdown streak going. How much do you think that has built on itself? You know, Ryan and I had a, a conversation about that on on Sunday after that Virginia game. You know, the, 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 that group wanted that, right? I think they felt hollow after that Indiana, uh, uh, you know, ending, and they wanted to be able to, you know, you know, prove to themselves mentally and physically that they could do that. And, uh, you know, I don't know the exact factor on our season, but I do think that's a, a, a point that our guys uh, now uh, have learned that lesson, and hopefully we can carry it forward because now the uh, – obviously the stakes have gotten a lot higher for the rest of our games to be Big Ten Conference opponents. Um, starting off with uh, three in a row here in our division, it's going to be a big uh, – I said this uh, – you know, during our bye week, we got a big month of football in front of us uh, for this program. Um, uh, to have to have uh, uh, to have this game close out the way it did. Now to go at Wisconsin and come back to back with two home games here. Um, hopefully, we get a great crowd because I think this group is fun. Um, they're exciting to watch and they're eager to please. Coach, you knew when you came here, you're going to play Wisconsin out there. Have you thought about this game at all? You, you know, obviously. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of history. I, I, I always tell our, our players, right, um, I've never met a successful man that isn't proud of where he came from. I'm actually from Illinois. Uh, I coached it and played at Iowa. I went to Kansas State for a little bit and spent a big big part of my career as a, as a, as a Wisconsin coach, both as a coordinator and head coach. I'm very proud of the things I accomplished there, but those none of those accomplishments are going to help us next Saturday, right? Um, nothing that we did there on the field is going to carry forward. I have a lot of great uh, people that I'm close with, uh, that I'm close with to this day. Paul Christ and I are, I, I consider a very good friend in this profession. Jimmy Leonard was the first player that I ever visited with at the University of Wisconsin. Um, Coach Alvarez said, hey, if you get Jimmy, you're going to get them all. So he and I were the first player I ever visited with at, uh, during my tenure there. And obviously, he's a very accomplished D coordinator. Um, uh, my wife and I got married there. You can't get more special than that, right? So like, that's all part of things that are pertaining to me. This is about the University of Illinois. Um, so really, other than the fact that everybody else is going to make a big deal of it, I've turned down a lot of, uh, you know, I had different TV organizations and people reach out and want to do a special on, on my return, and I, I, I turn them all away just because I want this to be about the University of Illinois going to Wisconsin. All right, so Illinois 31 nothing. Joining us now is Matt Stevens. He is the football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Matt, we were saying uh, earlier at the top of the show that um, obviously Illinois, Brett Bielema, everyone would like to have those final two minutes back from Indiana. Um, but it's it, it's a good feeling for once for this program as they leave the month of September and get into the thick of Big Ten play. Yeah, it's the column I wrote instantly on, at, when it hit triple zeros, is that this is exactly where you kind of had an idea that Illinois should be or or could be. Once, you know, September ended and you flipped the calendar to October. Sure, you'd love to be 4-0. They're a drive away in Bloomington from being 4-0. But I think everybody thought Virginia was going to be a heck of a lot better than they are. And I think everybody thought Indiana might have been a sure victory. So the order didn't happen the way you wanted. But 3-1 and one happened exactly the way you wanted. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a little hint of what the column's coming later on this week is that I'm telling you, the only team in the Big Ten West that's going to keep Illinois from representing the West in Indianapolis is Illinois. It's not going to be anybody else because I think that this team has enough on its roster right now and in its coaching staff to feel like that they can compete and, and finish six and uh, at maybe six and two in this conference. I'm not kidding. And, and, and compete with some of the teams that they have, they have been woefully, um, you know, un- unable to have competitive games with, and that's the Wisconsin's, the Iowa's, the, the Minnesota's, even though they won last year, and the Purdue's. And I think that that's, you know, there. this isn't a giant declaration of mine that I, I think if Illinois can clean up everything that it needs to clean up, they have, they have no reason to think that they aren't a contender to represent the West in Indianapolis this year. And, and, and I think that they pro- I've proven that throughout the month of September. Matt, you know, we were, we were talking tonight about, um, the, the quarterback play a little bit. Tommy DeVito throws for over 300 yards. And it's the first time that we've had a pass with throw for over 300 yards. I think Wes Lump was the last guy to do it. But Correct. You, yeah. you look at the – you've got a team now. You've got a quarterback now who, you know, is, is a little bit better than what they've had the past few years and, and has more – you know, he does more things, can throw more balls, he's more accurate. Um, is that going to be the difference that maybe takes this team from being a – six and six bowl team as they were in 2019 to where they could go this year? I think so. I I, I think, Brad, I think it's a combination of the chemistry that these wide receivers have with Tommy DeVito and his skill set to allow them to maybe elevate their play 
a little bit more. I think you're seeing Tommy DeVito elevate the play of Pat Bryant. I think you're seeing him elevate the play of Isaiah Williams. Um, you're seeing him elevate the play of the tight end room. Um, all of those things. I said before a, a toe hit a football in August, Brad, that if you could get the 2019 version of Brandon Peters out of Tommy DeVito in this one year, you'd probably take it. And you probably think you're probably going to win anywhere between six and eight games if you get that. I think you're getting more than that um, with Tommy DeVito through this first month. I think you're getting, you know, short of a couple of throws tonight um, against Chattanooga, you're getting a very, very consistent and, and, um, I would say, you know, smarter play out of the quarterback position because he's just not throwing the ball into places where you think a turnover can happen. Um, a lot of receivers ran wild open all night long against Chattanooga, but that didn't happen against Virginia and he found open receivers. That didn't happen against Indiana and he found open receivers. Um, and so I, I do think Tommy has a better arm. He has more arm talent but he also has four years of experience at an FBS power five school to allow for, you know, this chemistry to happen instantly, which just doesn't happen in the portal world anymore. So, so Matt, how important is it um, this emergence of Pat Bryant as a, a legitimate threat? How important is that for the Illini offense as they go into games against Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota? it might be the most critical thing to this offense and to Barry Lunny Jr., Mike. And the reason I say that is because I think what he does and his skill set and what he's been able to do these last couple of games against Virginia and against Chattanooga, um, it allows for the emergence of Isaiah Williams to happen in a, in a, in a cleaner fashion. It allows Isaiah to have one -on -one, more one-on-one -on -one matchups because teams and defenses and secondaries are more concerned with Pat Bryant vertically going down the field and being a threat that way. Um, I, I think you're starting to see Pat Bryant be the most trusted wide receiver whose name is not Isaiah Williams for Tommy DeVito. And that had to happen before we hit October and before, you know, Illinois sees a Jim Leonard defense um, in, in Wisconsin. I, I think that there's a lot of things that Jim Leonard is going to have to look at this offense and think, OK, I have to prepare for that now, because certainly last year when Wisconsin came to Champaign, they knew that they could stop the run. They weren't, they weren't going to, Illinois wasn't going to score. And guess what? They stopped the run and Illinois didn't score. I don't know if that's the equation this year. And I think Pat Bryan has a big, to, big, uh, a big part in, in, in adding to that equation for Barry Lenny Jr.'s offense. And to your point, you talk about the mistakes um, and, and the lack of, I think right now, and again, this was Chattanooga. It's, this is not a Michigan uh, or, or an Iowa or, or, or Wisconsin that, 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 that they face on Thursday night, but, but DeVito 329 yards passing. I think I heard one off his career high that he said it when he was at Syracuse uh, and now in the season, nine touchdowns uh, and only two interceptions. And so again, that's a, a thing like we've talked before. We talked uh, last year about the struggles of this offense with um, a, a new system and, and two quarterbacks that maybe weren't hundred um, percent in, uh, in uh, Peters and, and then Sikowski you've got a guy now who, who is healthy. And um, to your point, he just, he looks like he's a fifth, six year player. He looks, he looks like he's 23, 24 years old, the things that he's doing out there. Uh, and so again, Illinois now three and one, by the way, uh, Matt, great job. We know you've got some great stuff up on a And as always, we encourage everyone um, to go check that out. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you next time. I will. Thanks guys. All right. There's Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. Again, the football writer and analyst with always uh, with great stuff for you uh, almost every single day on our website, alanaguys.com. We've got so much more to come. We'll take a look around the Big Ten, and we'll break down 
a little bit of uh, the Illini next opponent, the, being the Wisconsin Badgers in their game at Ohio State this weekend. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley with you. Our number two kicking off with a look around the Big Ten. A colossal collision in Columbus. Could I alliterate any more? Wisconsin visiting third-ranked Ohio State for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ABC. The Badgers bring in the eighth-best scoring defense in the country at eight points per game, and they're 11th in total defense at 246 yards per game. But I feel like those numbers are about to change. Ohio State just pummeled Toledo like they were Ivan Drago punishing Apollo Creed. Even casual observers were screaming, just like Creed's trainer, throw the damn towel. 763 yards, second most in school history, and 11 touchdowns scored in 12 possessions. Obviously, Toledo isn't Wisconsin, but the Buckeyes look really good right now, and and, and they're playing playing at home Saturday night. Yeah, I think that's a that's a tough matchup for Wisconsin. Um, coming off, you know, they're not. I, you really thought this was going to be two, a battle of unbeatens and, and looking at the preseason schedule, but now the Wisconsin doesn't they look their offense is struggling. And I think Ohio state's going to have a, have what they need against the Badgers. Another big game that I I'm excited to see is Maryland at Michigan. And, and we got another, you know, it's baby Tua throwing for Maryland, right? I mean, is he going to have the, have, you know, is he going to have a great um, game, throw for 500 yards? He may have to if Maryland wants to hang with Michigan in this one. And Michigan's offense has been just off the charts. Um, and they've also got a, you know, a really good defense, too. So that's why they're ranked fourth. So I think Maryland's going to have to score a lot of points to hang with Michigan in this one. Yeah, and looking at Minnesota at Michigan State, uh, Michigan State had a rough game last week on the road returning at home. But this Minnesota team looks really good. 500 yards of offense last week. Um, and Mo Ibrahim had 179 yards at the half on the way to 202 yards and three touchdowns. And this team is built around a powerful offensive line. Uh, despite the fact that their wide receiver, Autumn Bell's out for the season, I think Minnesota is going to be a tough team for the Spartans to beat, even though it's uh, – up at Sparty's home stadium. 
I would agree with that. And I think the Spartans right now, maybe licking their wounds, maybe a little bit of self-doubt, maybe after, you know, a couple of easy wins over Mac opponents and then um, really got whipped. They were really outplayed um, by the Huskies out in Seattle. And so let's see how they can rebound from that a big litmus test for them. And again, Minnesota trying to go to four and oh, how about Penn state? Maybe the surprise of September, um, you know, they've gone from being unranked to 22nd last week to 14th this week in the AP poll, uh, trying to go to four and as central Michigan comes into happy Valley. And this one great running game uh, last week as they completely dominated the line against Auburn, uh, rushing for 245 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, but the true freshman Nicholas Singleton, just outstanding 124 yards, and a couple of touchdowns and only 10 carries uh, last week. Um, you know, again, we've talked about how, you know, huge uh, and just how really competitive the Big Ten East is. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and, and Penn State is, is right there, and it appears in alliance off to a great start um, and maybe a force to be uh, reckoned with here later in the season. Yeah, I think they're obviously a huge win, and so they're off to a good start. Another team that's offensively um, anemic, is are the <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, uh, the uh, Iowa at Rutgers. This may be a battle to 10. The first team to get double digits may win this game. I, as I kind of look, because Iowa does have a solid defense, but, and, and neither team has, you know, a, a great offense right now. I, I think this could be interesting. Rutgers 3 and 0, Iowa 2 and 1. Um, but, you know, Iowa's still a seven and a half point favorite on the road. I, I think the big key, seven and a half point favorite, that's hard to believe when you consider that them scoring 10 points could be a, a difficult thing to do. So, no, I, I, I think I, I like Rutgers to, against the spread, but I think Iowa may pull this one out like, you know, 13 to 10, or maybe it'll be like 12 to nine with four field goals versus three. <laughs> I think both teams are just looking to hit the same number of points of games won with their offense, and they'll be excited. Um, you know, looking at uh, in, Indiana is at Cincinnati, and, and Indiana's got Cam Jones, who I think is one of the most dynamic defensive players in the league. Kind of reminds me of Wilbur, Wilbur Marshall Light for you old Bears fans. But Indiana, it, basically, Cincinnati has a better offense. It has a better defense. There's only one thing that Indiana appears to do on paper better than Cincinnati, and that's uh, they only average four penalties a game against them. And that has made the difference in a couple of their wins, but I don't think it's going to make the difference this week. I think Cincinnati's going to win that game. Well, meanwhile, Northwestern is at home trying to find its game against uh, Miami, Ohio. You know, they, they went over to, to Ireland, got the big emotional win over Nebraska, and it's been, uh, it's been tough since then. Um, three one possession games uh, as after they won that game uh, total lost to Duke. And then last week against SIU 31, uh, 24. Now they get to Miami, Ohio, and uh, which they are also trying to bounce back. Speaking of Cincinnati, um, they were leading and, uh, but gave up 31 unanswered points and up losing to the Bearcats uh, last week, 38, 17. Um, they've lost 16 on the road to them, by the way. So now let's see if they can get it well, but Northwestern again, Nothing easy in the Big Ten. Need to get this win to get back to uh, back even at uh, two and two on the season. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a game Northwestern really needs to win. It. They, they're just blaming jet lag, Larry. It's the flight back from Ireland really set them back. But um, that now we look at the other game, another game, Florida Atlantic at Purdue. I, I feel like Purdue got a really rough, rough whistle in the game against Syracuse. Um, and but and so you know they, they look one and two. But if you look at their, I thought they got a bad draw. 
maybe against uh, Syracuse. And they, they gave Penn State some fits, the team we we're talking about being a dark horse team in that that division. So maybe Purdue's not as you know, they, they, they're better than win two. So I think this is an important game for them to, that they really need to win this week to kind of right the ship as they head into more Big Ten games. Coming up on a commercial break, but I got to ask you guys, uh, get your opinions. What team has the most to gain this weekend and which has the most to lose? My opinion, I think the two teams that all every week have something to lose are Ohio State and Michigan because they're playing for something bigger than even just a Big Ten title. They're playing for a spot in the college football playoff. If they both run the table, I think that they, they both have a chance to be in the playoff, even the loser of that game at the end of the season. Uh, for the most to gain, See, I kind of look at a then I look at a team like Minnesota. I feel like Minnesota winning this game at Michigan State. I think that can really make them appear like a team that is legit to, to win that division and get into that Big Ten championship game. I'm going to pick the same team. I think it's Iowa. Those fans are absolutely crazy right now, frustrated with the offense frustrated that they've seemed to be capped as a team that can win the West and then get destroyed by the, the team that wins the East. And now, you know, this season, they haven't looked very good. And I think that a, a win would be a huge help, even, you know, on the road against Rutgers, who I think is underrated. And I think a loss to an underrated Rutgers team, you could see an implosion of the Iowa fan base and it might even affect the, the, the team a little bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Iowa both sides of that. I agree with, uh, with all those great points. Um, I, Brad, I was going to pick Minnesota as well, but I, I do agree. I think you, you, if you can get – I think that they would be the first – well, no, Penn State already has done it, maybe the second, I guess, um, of the Big Ten teams to get two wins over Power 5 schools on the road after beating – Colorado before they get this win. I think the Indiana game as well. The Hoosiers uh, really struggled last year already three and zero coming in. They're a you know two touchdown plus underdog on the road to Cincinnati. If you can go in there and get a win, um, that would be a huge signature win for Tom Allen's uh, program out there. So it's all good stuff. And the way we can keep up with uh, pregame and postgame notes as well on BigSportsRadio.com. We'll squeeze in a quick break and then more to come after this. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Hey, guess who means business? Kedrick Prince walked in back-to-back weeks without a 10-gallon hat. Almost didn't recognize him. A director of recruiting for Lottaguys.com. Uh, Kendrick Prince is here. And, uh, man, you have been really, really busy. A, a great podcast a few days ago with the latest Illini football commit. 
Declan Dooley. We're going to hear a bit of that uh, later on in the show uh, in the next half hour. But uh, some big basketball news this week. What have you got for us? This is a big week. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I can't, I can't wait to hear what Brad thinks about it and, and Mike. But I know at one time, Larry, we talked about, you know, just being one guy signed in the class. And lo and behold, they're, you know, they're pushing for another commitment from a kid named Drayvon Gibbs Lawhorn. He is a kid who originally committed to Purdue and had a change of heart for multiple reasons. And he put a short list together and schools reached out to him. And, you know, Illinois and Coach Underwood, they're very aggressive when it comes to, you know, fitting needs. And um, Tim Anderson, who's just at a different level when it comes to recruiting, he has ties with this person. I think Tim knows everybody in the country. I don't know how many people are in the country, but I think Tim knows them. Um, having said that, this is a good guy with a lot of talent. He's a point guard that they're really looking for. Uh, I think they're going to be trying to get a commitment this weekend. I know there's talk of him, um, you know, visiting Memphis. I did talk to the dad this week, Ben Gibbs, and everything that Illinois is selling right now, I mean, they're buying. And I think that's a good sign for Illinois. He's a kid I got to see a play quite a few times, actually, uh, last spring and summer. He had a – in the spring, he was dynamite. Um, and that's why I saw his ranking so high. He had a great spring. In the summer, he wasn't as good. I, I think there are a lot of issues with him, like dealing with this kind of um, – the, the issues with decommitting from Purdue and the, the breakup kind of that went on there and just going through this process. And I think it kind of weighed on him and he wasn't quite as good in the summer. doesn't mean he wasn't good. He just wasn't as I, I thought in the spring, he was, he was just fantastic. And I, I know watching him, I thought Illinois is going to have to play against this guy for four years and at Purdue. And he's going to be like uh, another one of those thorn in the side guys. So uh, I think he's a guy who can play point guard. He can play off the ball and he can score the ball extremely well. Uh, really just a dynamic player. And Illinois is in a great position to possibly land him. I'll tell you what, Brad, you know, to go with that, I just learned myself a couple of days ago, he was injured this summer. And I know his three-point shooting at one point, I believe it was at 38%, then it dropped to 30, 31, 32 big, big, um, because of the injury. So hopefully, you know, he's 100% healthy. But I think that may have had a, a big play, a big part as to why his numbers dropped or his play. Because, I mean, I know, you know, how big that is for a lot of those kids to be on a national stage to play sometimes when they're injured and they don't realize that it's a bad thing, but kudos to the Illinois staff because they look past that and they know how good he was. And I guess you see the upside. And as a coach, if you're good, you want to get that, you know, you want to get the best out of that kid. So obviously, you know, we're seeing the Anderson difference again in recruiting, but you know, there's still the rest of the staff out there, kid. Um, what are they, what will they be working on this winter? Um, if, if, if they were able to have a couple of 2023s in the fold. I want to tell you what I learned the other day from a little bird. This staff is going to really put a lot of effort into James Brown. Um, I think at one point, you know, Brad and I talked before a couple of times, we thought Illinois was in great shape, and they are. But I think he's a guy that they really want to focus on. And I'm not avoiding your question, but I think the entire staff is going to go full throttle with him. Um, I know Michigan State has picked up some ground with him, and I know he's supposed to visit Illinois, I believe, November 4th. Um, I know he's got some Duke and North Carolina interests as well, but I think he's going to stick around the Midwest, and he's going to be a Big Ten kid. But I think Illinois is going to go full press with him and try to show him 
that he can play with Marez and play with other kids. So his, you know, his same stature, but that's a kid that I know coach Anderson, you know, he basically, he's talked to him. He's had him in his corner. He, you know, you know, we know the ties with Main Street and Thornton. So I know that's the one guy, um, Mike, that they're really, really going to try to focus on as a staff, even though he's a 24, but he's a guy that they're really going to go after. The one thing you've seen is you're starting to see um, guys find their niche as recruiters. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Alexander going out and getting a kid from Europe, you know, and he's yep. got a couple other kids overseas that he's been able to find. And, you know, Chester Frazier with his, you know, getting the kid from the Baltimore, from the D.C. Um, area. And, uh, and, and so I think you're seeing them find their kind of niche. And also it's allowed them to expand. I know that I was talking to an AAU coach the other day from Indiana, and he said, yeah, Chester, I was talking to Chester Frazier about all my guys, you know, and all guys and 25, and it's allowed them to expand. I don't know how you say it. They got the juice right now, I guess you would say, and they got the vibes that everything's going well. And so they're able to expand and grab these guys, and it's been really effective for them. And I think you're going to see them do that in 24 and 25. You know, it's it's uh, it's amazing just uh, the the change in recruiting. When you look at right now, once again, only three players from Illinois, uh, the state of Illinois, on this Illini roster. It's amazing how this they've just really the net has just widened so much uh, since Underwood took over. Hey guys, we got about thirty seconds left. Real quick, uh, Zachary Perrin, give us an update on on his status. Well, from my understanding, I mean, that, you know, there's a chance that he may be able to play at the semester. That's not 100% sure. I know they're going to work on that. But, I, you know, all the other schools, I know people want to criticize Illinois, but the other schools that were recruiting him, they had some of the same issues. So this is just a, um, a clearing issue with the academic or, or the admissions office, from my understanding. Yeah, the way I understand it, he was a class short in the clearinghouse. Um, needed one more required course, and uh, should have that in December. He's hoping to be here on campus enrolled in January. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Can't wait to see him come on. All right, Kedrick Prince, always keeping us in the know on recruiting. Check him out on IlliniGuys.com. Ked, many thanks. Thank you, guys. All right, man, have a good weekend. The Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, in her final appearance before the official start of practice and facing the wrath of Coach Green, plus some Hall of Famers. That's up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. 
You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, it's a big weekend on campus, guys. Hall of Fame weekend and uh, some legends really getting their due. Yeah, boy, it's exciting to see the Hall of Fame. You know, these guys, some of the all-time greats for Illinois sports, you know. The quarterback, Jeff George, who was the number one pick in the NFL draft. And, you know, um, Ken Norman, who was one of my you know favorite players uh, watching him play basketball growing up. Uh, Harry Combs, um, one of the you know great coaches that Illinois had. And you can go on down the line, and there's so many uh, people there that had such an impact on Illinois athletics. Yeah, and, you know, you've got uh... – you know, AD Ron Gunther going in. Of course, he has 20 plus years uh, running Illini sports. So he left an indelible mark on the, the uh, athletic program. You know, and, and for me, the biggest thing was I couldn't believe that Harry Combs wasn't already in. I was like, he's not in. The, I, I, I was, I mean, literally, I thought it was a misprint. So, um, but congratulations to um, everybody, whether you're, you know, you, we could go through a list, and, and it, that's just a great accomplishment to do that at the collegiate level. You know, I always enjoy this weekend because you get a chance to learn about some Illini greats that maybe aren't part of the everyday conversation. I mean, we, you, you know, the Jeff Georges, the Ken Normans, you know, the Dick Buckuses, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But a couple of names that, you know, they, there are four Olympians uh, part of this. One, Dr. Nell Jackson, um, who coached the Illini women's track and field team to a national title in 1970 and was the first black U S track and field coach. I, I had no, and this is, you know, prior to title nine. I mean, I, I, I had no idea. And another name that we, some of our older listeners may have heard of uh, Bill Burrow consensus, all American in 1959 um, finished fourth in voting for the Heisman as a linebacker and offensive lineman. I mean, who knew, you know uh, it's really cool. So a big weekend and congratulations to everyone involved. And uh, we've got that story up. Uh, not only on our, our website, IlliniGuys.com, but also, of course, on the university page, FindingIllini.com, and what a big weekend there. Um, you know, college basketball rules have the men's teams opening practice in mid-October, but the women's teams start next week. I think it's September 28th. So get a good look at Adelia, Adalia McKenzie when you see her on campus, while you can, because it's her last weekend of freedom, because it's about to get real. The Illini gal, sophomore star, the Illini women's basketball team, Adalia McKenzie. We are proud to call her one of our teammates as well. Adalia, hello, and let's get down to it. Year two for you, and you're being looked at, and we had confirmation from Coach Green on the show last week as one of the leaders on this team. How is your mindset different this fall than it was perhaps last season? Well, last season, I was I had a passive approach to leadership. I was kind of like shy to speak. I was not really talking much on defense or at all. Like I'll try to say encouraging words here and there, but now, like year two, knowing my experience, I'll say my approach is different because I'm being more intentional with my leadership, which is talking more and talking on defense, encouraging, making sure we're getting things together and stuff like that so yeah how much is that i have to ask a question like how much is that is natural maturity for you and how much is that is the new coaching staff maybe empowering you to take that step 50 50 um my goal for this year was to be a leader and to talk more and actually lead by example but also 
all the coaching staff, especially Coach Green, always is putting emphasis on me being a good leader and me talking. She always tells me in workouts, got to talk more. I don't hear you. Got to talk. Got to talk. So it was really both going hand in hand. Yeah, that's that's something no coach ever said to me, but but I can I can totally see, you know, wanting to get you to get more more loud. Um, <laughs> qu- question is, do you try to really get a head start in academics before practice starts off so that you got you got the grades looking really good before, you know, you got to get in there and really start competing on the basketball court or do you have a strategy to that? Yeah, I do. I actually have a notebook and I write down all the homework I need for the week and I get a head start. I try to be done by Friday or Thursday and we have workouts like say we have workouts on Friday and Saturday or practice Friday and Saturday, then I'll make sure I get it done before then so I can just have a free weekend and only lock in, like, you know, on basketball. Um, you know, I'm really curious, kind of following up with what uh, Mike was just talking about. Um, in terms of, of being a, a student athlete, I would think, and I speak this, we all have kids in college or have been in college. And, you know, as you know, we've talked, my son is your age. He's a sophomore. I've seen such maturity in him this year in year two, because now he's done it for a year. So he kind of knows what to expect. Do you see that as well in terms of last year? Not that you struggled, but, you know, travel is hard and and it's not just a bus ride on a your Friday or Saturday. I mean, you're all over the place in practice and training tables and tutoring sessions. I mean, have you, how has that changed for you, even just um, from an academic side and then transferring over to, to the basketball side? Yeah. Um, I would just say I'm more organized this year. I know like last year I would procrastinate a lot. Like the homework do at 11 59, I'm turning it at 11 49, <laughs> but now <laughs> like knowing last year, like I'm, trying to be more like focused and getting it done early, you know, especially because right now I have a lot of time on my hands because I only have one in-person class. So I just been taking my time and using it wisely. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people were wishing that they only had one in-person class with Mike back in the day too. Um, So, so I guess that's, I guess that's everybody, similar, but, uh, I think what Brad means is everybody wanted to be in class with Mike. <laughs> it was, I think and I'm only one person. I'm only one guy. I, I, I think it's the opposite, Mike. I think they're <laughs> trying to get out of that. Is Mike here? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but I, I got to ask Adelia. So I, I'm looking at this team, and you guys are starting practice coming up, and you, you've you got a, some, a lot of new pieces. You're, you're older. What makes you think they have mental toughness? It's kind of it, and how hard will it be to fight through those difficult games on uh, and situations that arise during the season? Well, Coach Green always talks about being mentally tough and being elite, which is being your best every day. So we already have that mental toughness implemented in us because of our coaches telling us. But also, I think we show our mental toughness with our work. Like we're making sure we're getting our shots up and we're making sure we're working hard at practice and stuff like that. But for these games that, you know, may be difficult or, you know, tough wins, I really think that our continuous, like, work and our continuous thinking will really help us, like, push through those hard moments. We're excited for you. You get started next week. Uh, she's the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you next week unless you're exhausted from running suicides.
<laughs> Hopefully, I'm not exhausted, but talk to you guys next week. <laughs> We're glad it's you and not us because the three old guys will pop the top on another drink and look at a few of the best games around the country. That's next on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. <laughs> Hey, this is Mike Small, the golf coach of your Fighting Atlanta men's golf team. And you're listening to the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Lots of uh, great games all weekend long, not only in the Big Ten, but also in the top 25. Guys, one game that really kind of stuck out, and, and it's a future Big Ten brother in uh, USA, number seven in the AP poll, uh, taking on Oregon State. Were you guys surprised that the Trojans uh, only a touchdown favorite in this one? It's interesting. I mean, USC has been pretty dominant. Um, they're obviously, you know, they're very good offensively. Um, and so this one kind of surprised me that it's this close, but you know, I, I was, whenever I see something like that, I question my own judgment because usually Vegas has a better uh, handle on it than I do, but Oregon state is, uh, you know, say what you want, but Oregon state is, uh, it, has played better maybe than I think people expected thus far. And so this is going to be interesting to see. They've been pretty good on offense. They uh, thrown the ball and um, throw, averaging over 300 yards, passing a game, also running for over 150 yards a game. So they're putting up a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of uh, offense. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, I was, I was shocked. And I also tend to go, okay, when I bet against the spread, that's pretty much the chance for me to take money and burn it. So I, I, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to say there's there's something that the, the odds makers have figured out that they see with USC. And then that makes me even wonder, you know, it, are they really the number seven team in the country? You know, if, if, if this is where the betting line is. So I, I'm very curious I, to me. I would think USC is going to cruise by two touchdowns relatively they, easy. They even have a Mike, they even have a common opponent, you know, so they both played Fresno state yeah. so far. So it's, you know, and USC wins by, you know, 20 and Oregon state wins by three, but I guess being at Oregon state makes, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So yeah, because that, Vegas, I always trust Vegas. I yes. always trust Vegas. They know more than me. Yeah, yes, no, that's true. Um, you know, it's funny that I, but I think this is where, again, there's this East coast bias, no matter where you are in the country, that very few people even know Oregon state's three, and zero. to your point, know that they've already have a common opponent this year. And few know that Oregon state got went in last year and got their first win in LA since 1960. Um, I mean, so it's, you know, they, they romped over the Trojans 45, 27, given that's pre Lincoln Riley pre Caleb Williams and all the other guys that they brought in. So, um, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, one of those interesting games. I thought it was kind of interesting to watch. And I, I think USC is one of those teams to watch and see if they can run the table. Does that get them a seat uh, in the final four come uh, later in the year? You know, one game that used to be relevant and is once again is Florida, Tennessee, both in the top 20. Um, how crazy that Florida is going to play two ranked SEC East opponents in the month of September. Neither one is Georgia. Pretty well, this will be, how about, how about their schedule so far? They've already played, this will be their third ranked opponent in four games. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough. I, I, Tennessee, I don't know how good Tennessee is yet. I mean, we're going to find out. I mean, we'll find out how good they are, but, you know, obviously the quality win against Pittsburgh, but, you know, overall, I, you know, Akron and Ball State aren't going to really move the needle yet. So this is a good game. This used to be like a top, sometimes we had, 
you know, top five matchup here, you know, back in the day. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if Tennessee is as good as advertised. Florida is, has played a tough schedule. I think maybe uh, they're, you know, Tennessee being a 10 and a half point favorite. I think that's a little high because uh, I think that, it, that it'll be a better game than that. And, and Florida's got Anthony Richardson and he's a little my Cam Newton. Yeah, exactly. And he's a little bit Cam Newton-ish. It's, you know, if, if he plays like a normal human, then, you know, Florida's a good team, but not a great team. But if he plays like Anthony Richardson can play, all of a sudden, on you know, he, he's in that Cam Newton-Vince Young category that he can carry a team. So it, it kind of falls on his shoulders, which is something pretty tough to say on a sophomore kid. But um, how he goes is how Florida's going to go. Yeah, he's got to show – this is a chance for him to show that he is uh, that guy uh, after getting picked off twice last week and uh, the tight home win against South Florida and then two interceptions the week before uh, when he lost at home to Kentucky. Uh, surprising that the Gators actually have won five in a row in this series. It just kind of shows how far off the balls uh, have fallen in, in recent years. What are the games you guys looking at this weekend? Yeah, you know, I, I think – Clemson's a team that has a chance to maybe, you know, make the college full of playoff. I think a lot of people, that's like their goal every year. They don't have a lot of landmines. You know, it looked like the Notre Dame game was going to be, you know, at Notre Dame when Notre Dame was ranked fifth. That would be a really key late. Well, Notre Dame doesn't look as good, you know, and, and they've got NC State at home. They've got Miami at home later on. They've got South Carolina at home. Um, so this game at Wake Forest this week, is one of the last like stumbling block games that they have. I mean, they have a lot of, they have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch, you know, for the rest of the season. So, and, and I think with their strength of schedule, they're probably going to have to win all every game if they want to, you know, get to the college football playoffs. So yeah, this is a, this is a big week for them. So this is a game that I'm interested in. And, and if you look at this, Clemson's a touchdown favorite, but you know, that, that kind of means it's might be a little more competitive than people think. You know, and, and and I'm looking over at this Arkansas game against Texas A&M. It, it's a Texas A&M. Obviously, A&M is trying to figure out, like, what they need to do to change this season around yesterday. And I just can't get a beat on how good this Arkansas team is. You know, Cincinnati lost everybody from last year's team. South Carolina clearly is not a um, – not a power team, uh, you know, and Missouri State is not a barometer. But we're going to find out about Arkansas really quick because they play Texas A&M this week um, on the road, which primes them for Alabama to come in next week. So I really think if you're if you're Arkansas, you've got to get it going. Uh, and, and on the road at Texas A&M is a real challenge to decide, you know, you got to get ready for the – the the tide next week so i think this is going to be a real telltale time for uh arkansas week three in the nfl and let's uh, let's party like it's 1992 bills and dolphins both two and oh um <laughs> maybe it's happened recently i, I i'm not I, i'm not sure but i know that that to me right away kind of stuck out as uh, an anomaly um you know neither neither franchises has lit it up lately although certainly the bills have had a couple of playoff runs as of late the Dolphins and Tua after that wild um, comeback uh, last week and Tua went off was, I think it was a career high six TDs, whatever should be a pretty good game. One o'clock kickoff in Miami. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think Buffalo might be the best team in the AFC uh, and maybe the best team in the NFL. Uh, they're right there. Kansas City, obviously, is really good. But I, I like Buffalo um, to, to win this game. I think Miami kind of – they may have gotten a little lucky last week and got some breaks and things went their way. But um, I think Buffalo just offensively is so good. Um, I think this – but it I love shootouts like this. You know what I mean? You got to love when you got quarterbacks that are playing well and – you, you, you just, it's never over. You feel like they've always got a chance to come back. So I think that's a fun, a fun matchup to see. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you. I think Buffalo and Kansas city are clearly the tops of the, the league. It's going to be an exciting game. And then the other thing is what happened to Indianapolis and Maddie slush? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the sad thing is, yeah, the Colts are 0 1 and 1. Fans already calling for the coaches, Alster, and for Matt Ryan to get out of town. And then you got to play the Chiefs. So you're looking at going 0 2 and 1 potentially. Bring us Carson Wentz back. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Well, there you go. Uh, quick time out here. Much more to come. Stay with us. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. We continue here on the Sports Spectacular. I'm glad you are here with us on this first weekend uh, of the fall season. Illinois uh, taking the weekend off as uh, for the second straight weekend. They had the bye week last week, and uh, they've got a couple of days, extra days to rest and get ready for Wisconsin next week after beating Chattanooga in the first ever Thursday night game at Memorial Stadium. Uh, 31-0 was that final score. And as we talked uh, last hour, um, in case you're just joining us, a whole bunch of firsts, the first ever um, Thursday night game at Memorial Stadium. It's the first time that Illinois had two wide receivers and a running back all hit the 100-yard mark in the same game. Uh, Chase Brown becoming the first ever Illini running back to run for 100 yards or more in five straight games. It's the first shutout since 2015, the first 3 and one start since 2015, and the first 3 and 0 mark in the non-conference part of the regular season schedule since 2011. So there are a lot of really good things uh, to talk about when you look at this, how about Tommy DeVito as well? Uh, 329 yards passing, one off his career high. Three touchdown passes, and as Matt Stevens uh, mentioned last hour, this was a team that looked like it was really in control. Uh, and now comes uh, the big test again, Brett Bielema and uh, Illinois going up to Wisconsin. Bielema, of course, the former uh, Wisconsin assistant, longtime head coach, had great success there before leaving to go to Arkansas. And so this is his first trip back to Camp Randall Stadium, uh, where he really cut his teeth and uh, uh, did some damage up there in terms of uh, being uh, a very successful Big Ten coach. And he now returns to see if he can pull off um, the upset 
next week uh, up in Camp Randall. Of course, we'll have full coverage here on Sports Spectacular when that happens. You know, he's been busy recruiting as well these past couple of weeks with the kind of the odd schedule. And uh, his latest commitment is uh, Declan Dooley, who is uh, a punter from El Paso, Illinois. So not far from the Illini campus. He becomes the latest commit. Uh, he was at the Virginia game, uh, talked to coach, and then gave his verbal a few days later. Uh, Kedrick Prince, our director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com, caught up with Declan um, on his podcast series, Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Let's play a little bit of that right now. You're getting a scholarship offer. This has nothing to do with the University of Illinois. I mean this from a national standpoint. A lot of colleges do not offer special teams players, kickers, and punters scholarships. And, you know, Illinois has done two of them. You know, there's going to be two kids, you know, in the class of 23 that receive scholarships. What is your thought process on that? Because I think that's huge. And I'm going to tell you, not because I'm doing this interview. When I first found out years ago that, you know, punters and kickers didn't receive scholarships, I almost fell over because to me, they win and lose games for you. You know, a game can be won by just one person's leg and, you know, and, and where you can put the ball, where you place it, you can kick field goals. And, you know, there's a lot of one-point game or two-point games and game-winning field goals. So what is your thought process on getting a scholarship? Because a lot of players, not just at the Big Ten, but the SEC and everywhere else, um, don't have scholarships or, or didn't get scholarships. So, yes, the, the excitement that went through my body um, when I when I heard those words was – I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's uh, it's been a dream of mine to play college football, and to to say that I've I've received scholarships for that is something that I've I've personally feel I've worked so hard for that it I, I cried. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit of that tonight with my parents and my uh, with my family here soon, um, because I mean I'm, I'm able to tell my mother that I, I did it, and I, I did it for her. I did it for my family. Um, so just being able to being able to say that me as a as a punter has gotten a scholarship is something that um, it's just I'm beyond excited. It's some it's just I don't I, I'm sorry I feel like I keep getting redundant with these answers, but it's just I, mean, I don't know how else to say other than it's just it's surreal. It's, no, it, it's, it's starting to settle in now, especially starting to realize that this is something that not it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot, um, and I'm I'm able to say that I'm part of it. I, I agree with you. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, I this sounds really bad. I don't, you know, I don't want to make this a big mush fresh, but I, I, I get kind of goosebumps just hearing you say that because it, it's hard. It is very difficult for kids to get scholarships. And there are so many kids out there all over the country who are playing travel sports and parents are spending all this money and, and they're doing all these things. And then their kids don't have a chance to make it. So I get it because I was one of those parents. And that's why, you know, you know, this hits home to me as well. Another thing you said to me earlier today that I just thought was huge and it told me what kind of person you are because Brett Bielema, you know, the only model is family and they want guys that are, that are on campus that are who want to be a part of that family. And you made a comment today about, you know, this is big for your community and not just because you're the only So can you elaborate what you meant by that? Uh, what From what I was saying this morning, you mean? Yeah, about, about it being for your community. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Um, so, yes, this has been um, – I, I feel that this is bigger than just me. Um, this is bigger than just my family. Um, I, I 
do what I do to benefit my community, to benefit the younger generation, because I know that there are kids in El Paso that look up to me and I, I need to play that leader. I need to play that role model um, to tell them that this is something they can do as well. They just need to, they just need to, to have that focus, to have that drive to do it. And they can, I fully believe that anybody can achieve whatever they want to achieve. And so for me to, especially for being where I live, uh, having El Paso be a U of I town, um, there, I know there's so many families that, um, are ecstatic that I'm, I've done this and I know that I can, I can personally make an impact on some, some of the younger generation, uh, by doing this. And I, that's what I fully plan to do. It's bigger than just me. It's, it, I do this for, for the people around me. Kedrick Prince talking with Declan Dooley, the future punter, uh, once he uh, graduates from high school for the fighting Illini. And so, um, you know, we've got, it's been a special teams kind of summer for Illinois. They got David Alano rated as uh, the top kicker in the country. Um, he's coming in as well. And so, uh, again, the future looking bright now for special teams for Brett Bielema. By the way, you can hear that entire podcast on Ked's Recruiting Roundup. You can find a link to that on the front page of IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. A quick break right now and then much more to come here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Do you like what you hear? Let the passion of Illini Guys promote your business. The sponsors are signing up right now for the upcoming fall season and our ad space is limited. Shoot us an email at info at IlliniGuys.com and find out how easy it is to reach diehard sports fans in 30 key markets in six states. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Going up here on the top of the hour, a couple of stories we want to get in. Um, the story of Imani Bates is one that is is really tragic. This is a young man, if you're not familiar, um, as a sophomore, many of the pundits were naming him as the top high school player in the country, regardless of class. Um, you know, being compared to Kevin Durant, 6'8", can do it all. Um, he wound up going to Memphis. Things didn't work out there. He reclassified a year early. And then uh, this week, uh, some bad news uh, in his situation. Brad, uh, I'll let you take it from there. You're our, our insider, our expert. What's going on with this kid? Yeah, I mean, it's just been one of those things. It's been a bad people around him have not helped him. He's been hyped up. He was hyped up in high school as the next Kevin Durant um, told how great he is and then put on a pedestal and, you know, everybody's trying to get a piece of him. And and it's just too bad because it's put him in a bad situation. Now he's got, you know, the uh, 
uh, the gun charges with the gun being um, the serial number filed off, uh, possession of a weapon. He, he went back to Michigan, which is probably the worst place for him to go was, you know, uh, back to Michigan. And, and this is this is where we're at. And it's just sad. I mean, it's really a sad story. I don't know. You know, he's suspended indefinitely. I don't know what's going to happen with him here, but, you know, he's probably not even on draft boards for next year because, you know, he did didn't test well. Um, they did like a combine. He doesn't have long arms. He doesn't have great vertical. He, you know, he, it just isn't that good. And, and I think the worst, the, the biggest telling stat for Imani Bates is how well Memphis played after he was gone right. last year. So I think that's, that's the, that's is everything was negative and he had needed to go come in this year and show what he could do. And now he may not get that opportunity. It's really sad. Yeah. We, we see, you know, players who have adults around them, uh, coaching them, uh, providing them guidance. And it seems like Imani Bates, you know, you, you, you heard rumors from the recruiting, you know, uh, trail that, that he wanted, you know, his people wanted shots guaranteed and different things. Who knows if that's true, but when you have people giving you bad advice and you're the, uh, the 20 year old, 19 year old, it's never good. And we've seen, you know, when Kofi Coburn went pro against, most um, people's, you know, recommendations because he had a few people whispering in his ears. You see J.J. Taylor who went out to Donda Academy and has disappeared from being the sixth ranked player in the country. Um, you, you really hope these kids have good people around them to help them out. Yeah, Monty Bates, uh, as Brad mentioned, freshman year at Memphis after reclassifying and leaving high school a year early and now sophomore at Eastern Michigan, if he plays, but who knows. Um, and we certainly hope he can get things turned around. The good news is he's young enough that he can. That's that's the yep. good news. Um, but will it be there? Will it be somewhere else? I mean, stay tuned on this one. It's just, uh, He's got some situation. By the way, his attorney says he will be cleared. It was a car he borrowed. And the gun happened to be in the car. So that's what his attorney is saying. And we'll follow the story. Good story on SBNation.com, by the way, about the Imani Bates situation. Uh, Texas, it was revealed when Arch Manning visited, they spent $260,000 on that official visit. Now, not only on him, there were other players there. Wow. In 48 hours, for a 48-hour party, $260,000. Recruiting is uh, expensive. Yeah, now I hope people understand how much it costs to get our guests on our show here. Um, you know, when we have these guests, it, it's really expensive. And I think that's crazy. I mean, and, and you know, I get it. You know, these, they want to roll out the red carpet and things like that. But, like, if you – do you really have to – if you have to spend $206,000 to keep the Manning commitment, man, I just don't know if that's on – on a visit. Not an NIL money. We're talking a visit. I, I'm not sure that's worth it. Yeah, I can't add too much to this conversation. I'm just glad that the Manning family can make ends meet. Well, and then there's his NIL deal for an 18 year old kid that's got to beat out the other hot shot five star in front of him. So and uh, that five star looked pretty darn good before he got hurt. Yes, he yep. did. So it it's, uh, this this could be very interesting. Maybe he could. Quinn Ewers could be on his third school in three years. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we found out this week where uh, Brad Sturdy spends his money. Michael Jordan, uh, the his last dance jersey, selling for a record $10.1 million at auction. Wow. Yeah, it was good. It's crazy. I mean, people spending that much money on, on a jersey. I mean, I, I think you can buy his house for less. 
in Chicago. I think it's still for sale. I think it might be less than that. So you guys, house or Jersey, your call. I I think I'd have gone with the house. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know. Reminds me. It reminds me of Robert Wool and the Batman with Michael Keaton. They were go him and Kim Basinger were going through all the uh, armor. And he goes, you know why he collects armor? Because he's got enough money to do what he wants. (laughs) Well, there you are. (laughs) Give Knox a grant. (laughs) <laughs> what was it what was it what was it they said what's your superpower to uh ben affleck in the 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 batman movie or justice league movie he says i'm rich well there you go <laughs> exactly and i want his power <laughs> no we, we all uh, we will leave it at that uh, michael jordan 10 million dollars at auction and whoever you know who i don't know who spent it but whoever sold it good for you uh if it's mj lining his pockets but somebody got rich it just wasn't us amazing it's been another uh fun couple of hours hope you enjoy the games uh, all weekend long and we'll look forward to seeing you right back here same time same station next week have a great weekend ill I and I. this I has been I. a presentation of lmbc sports llc and jm talent productions we'll be back next week on the illini guys radio network on these same stations across Illinois.